Welcome to uh, the very first episode of Strength Training for Runners. Let's kick things off with uh, firstly, who am I? Secondly, why have I created this podcast? And also thirdly, why, why have I created this podcast now? Why now? Okay, so first things first, uh, my name is Tim and I'm a former British middle distance runner. So throughout my career, my club was Trafford Athletics Club and I ran a uh, 345 for 1500 meters and I ran 150 for 800 meters. So if, if, if you want, I can leave a link to my Power of 10 profile for anyone who fancies you know, doing a bit of power of 10 stalking and delving deeper into the various times I ran. I um, don't know if anyone will be interested in that, but, you know, I'll, I'll leave the power of 10 profile. I'll leave a link to that just in case. Uh, but anyway, that was then. And uh, But these days I run a sports massage and a personal training business called Foxwood Personal Training. And while I do train all kinds of clients, I actually do specialise in helping runners with their strength training. I guess that kind of neatly leads me on to the why have I created this podcast, as I guess strength training for runners is essentially what I do. Um, and so this podcast, I guess, is going to give me a little bit of a platform to talk about that in more depth, really. Um, that's one of the reasons I wanted to, to create the podcast. But in terms of why why am I doing it now, why not any other time? Well, of course, you know, you can't avoid the fact that we are actually in the middle of a global pandemic right now, which means I can't train any of my clients in person. So I am doing everything I can to still help them via text message and what have you. And actually, I've um, also started doing online personal training sessions with a couple of runners using Zoom. So I'm putting them through their paces while they perform their strength training workouts in their own homes. And it's working really well, actually. I was a bit nervous about it at first, I, I must say. But, yeah, it, it, it does work. There's plenty of stuff that runners can do in their own homes, strength training-wise. And Zoom is a really great platform to deliver that service. So much so that, actually, this is something I really want to explore more even beyond the point at which lockdown is over and past the point at which the gyms reopen. You know, if it hadn't have been for lockdown, I probably wouldn't have even uh, considered it, you know, online sessions using, using Zoom. But now that I have considered it and now that I am doing it, I think that delivering online strength and conditioning coaching to runners using Zoom is, is going to actually enable me to positively impact the careers of a lot more runners. So it's something I really want to pursue, really want to want to do more of and explore more of uh, going forwards, way beyond any of this coronavirus stuff. I want to, you know, it's something I want to be doing. As you know, that, that as I've said, that's more looking into the future and the reality of right now is that I'm only currently training a few people online using Zoom and for the time being I'm not actually allowed to do any in-person in personal training at all. So I do have a bit more time on my hands right now and that's why I'm able to 
make this commitment now to starting this podcast. And it is a commitment, you know, it, it is a commitment. Um, and it, But it is also something I've been wanting to do for a long time, but I guess I've been, you know, putting it off. You know, we're all busy people, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to put stuff off and, and this is something, something I've been putting off. But now's the time to throw myself into it, let's give it a go, put it out there. But also... If you think about it, and if you flip this over and you reverse it, it's actually perfect timing for the podcast from another perspective. So let's let's look at this whole situation, you know, the coronavirus situation, lockdown, and everything that comes with it uh, from a runner's perspective, okay? So for a lot of runners, they need to hold down a, full, a, a full-time job alongside their running career. And for a lot of other runners, you know, this may be you, you know, you may not, you may be in a full-time job alongside your running, but if not, you may be a student athlete. A lot of runners out there are student athletes. So if that's you, um, and you're studying at university whilst pursuing your running ambitions, well, right now, actually you're not, are you? You know, um, uh, of course, some people are still working and um, but for many, you might have been furloughed, um, so you're not working at the moment. Or if you're a student, well, university's been cancelled for the year, so, so you're, you're not at university at the moment. So, there's currently lots of runners that suddenly have a lot more time on their hands, and you may well be one of those runners that actually has a lot more time on their hands to train, and also to recover from that training right now. But you can't just suddenly ramp up your mileage... Um, with all this extra time because you know training doesn't work like that increases in mileage need to be done gradually and if people are suddenly and drastically increasing their volume well I guess you know there's going to be a lot of running injuries that come with that which is obviously not what we were after also you can't just go all out and do a load more quality work for one thing the tracks are closed um but besides that, you still can't just go go out and do a load more quality sessions, a load more event-specific sessions, uh, because again, there's only so much pace-specific work that the body can tolerate. But not only that, though, it, it, it's probably not actually all that sensible to be doing all that much race-pace-specific work right now anyway. You know, all the races in the calendar have been cancelled for the foreseeable future and any guesses as to when we might expect races to resume are, you know, they're exactly that, they're just guesswork. So it, I would say, if anything, you want a reduction in the amount of event-specific work you're going to be doing, compared, like, at least compared to what you would normally be doing right now, you know, at this time of year. Of course you want to stay in touch with that type of work in small doses, as you, you have now gone through all that winter training which has been building towards this type of work so it'd be silly to ignore it completely but at the same time this this isn't the time to be trying to get into peak race shape so we've got all this extra time to train but you don't want to be suddenly and drastically increasing your mileage and you don't really want to be doing loads of hard event specific pace work so what exactly do you want to be doing right now with this extra time that you've got to train. Well, in my opinion, this whole situation is actually presenting runners with a little bit of an opportunity here to put more time and effort into areas which uh, you wouldn't necessarily normally have the time and energy to focus on as much. So in particular here, you might have guessed it, I'm talking about strength training, but other areas might also include flexibility training, psychology, 
maybe even race tactics, going through the archives of Vinco, looking at old races and assessing how you might be able to improve your race strategy or you know, at least have a think about what other race strategies might be available to you. All of these, I would say, are going to be useful areas to be spending your time on right now, but, you know, of course, I, I'm here to talk about strength training. It's a strength training for runners podcast, that's, that's what I'm, I'm here to talk about. So, with that said, I guess now is a good point, I suppose, to present my case as to why you want, you might want to listen to what I've got to say uh, when it comes to strength training for runners. So here goes, here's, here, I guess here's me presenting my case to you um, as to why you might want to want to listen to me. So um, let's start with my days as an athlete. So as, as an athlete, I was selected to run for England on, on three occasions. Uh, and I should say here that these international call-ups were at junior level in either under 18 or under 20 age groups. But I did go on to achieve what, I think is a, a reasonably considerable level of success in the senior ranks. You know, I managed to achieve a national title uh, when I won the mile at the UK Intercounties Track and Field Championships in 2011. I also managed to win two North of England titles at senior level. One of them was over 1,500 metres, the other one was over 3,000 metres. But beyond my success on the track, I also have a master's degree in strength and conditioning, I have worked as a university lecturer, also in strength and conditioning, and I have conducted research in sports science that's been published in peer-reviewed academic journals. I now run my own business, which is called Foxwood Personal Training, which is based in York, and within this business, I specialize in strength training for runners. I also provide sports massage, and have also previously coached a group of young sprinters. So in these various different roles, you know, the role of strength coach, the role of athletics coach, and also in my role as a sports massage therapist, I've actually worked with, you know, I've, I've worked with Olympic track and field athletes, I've worked with Commonwealth Games medalists, I've worked with World Masters athletics champions, and then also at the other end of the uh, other end of the age spectrum, coaching sprinters. Um, I've coached some sprinters to English schools championship level as well. Given that, given everything I've said there, I, I would hope that you'll agree with me that I am well placed to talk about strength training for runners. Because, you know, I, d I didn't just mention all that just to brag or to boast, because I'm actually well aware that, you know, there's plenty of runners out there that have faster times than me, and there's plenty of coaches out there that have more experience and more success at the very highest levels of the sport than I do. And there's also plenty of sports scientists out there with far, far more impressive resumes than mine. But I'd like to think that my particular blend of experiences positions me pretty well to talk about the specific topic that is strength training for runners. So I guess now I've said all of that, I better actually start talking a little bit about strength training. Um, and for today, given the situation that we're all in, I'd like to talk about strength training at home. And I'm going to base this discussion on the assumption that you guys don't have any equipment or kit at home. So we're really looking at bodyweight solutions, bodyweight training solutions here. Regardless of whether we're training in a gym with weights or at home with bodyweight, the pr principles are going to remain the same really. 
So with that said, one of the first things we need to do is look at what you're actually trying to achieve as a runner when you perform strength training. And then from there, you need to assess which strength qualities need to be developed in order to achieve what you are trying to do. So let's keep things, I guess, fairly short and simple here. In, because in essence, as a runner, as a result of your strength training, you are looking to you're looking to develop a greater potential for putting more force into the ground during the short periods the foot makes contact, uh, makes ground contact during each running stride. All other things remaining equal, more force will equal greater propulsion. So you should be able to hit greater top sprinting speeds as a result of this. And not only that, but when running at your race pace, you will now be working at a lower percentage of your maximum capacity. So uh, this whole process of strength training serves to make you a more economical runner. So, you know, okay, fantastic, brilliant. Now on to the second part of the question, and that's, you know, what strength qualities do you need to develop in order to increase the amount of force you can produce during ground contact. Basic maximum strength type work serves as a decent starting point, it does, but there is a limitation in terms of how much this basic strength work will transfer across into more forceful ground contacts during running. And the reason why there's this limitation is because this type of strength work, by its very nature, is actually performed slowly. Now that's okay, it's okay that this type of work is performed slowly and this type of work still has its place. And the reason why this type of work still has its place is because it serves as a foundation upon which you will then be better placed to develop some of the more relevant strength qualities such as power, such as explosive strength and also a very important quality which no doubt we'll talk about at some point in the future which is known as uh, stiffness. But let's start looking at power. Let's, let's kick things off. We'll take a look at power, which is expressed in, it, it, in its highest levels by producing high levels of force while also moving at high velocities. So in order to be powerful, in order to produce power, we need both those components. We need high force, but also high movement velocity whilst producing that force. Um, so of course, power—you know—it's super. It's a super important quality to develop, develop in runners. But what a lot of people don't realize is that the importance of this quality is actually—it's really quite joint-specific. So, if we just get to the crux of the matter here, hip power is crucial for runners. But as we move down the chain, i.e., the knee and the ankle joints. And if we just take uh, the knee joint here, for illustration purposes, um, and while of course this, the knee joint does move through an almost full range of motion during the running stride as a whole, if we just look at the period of time in which the foot is contact with the ground, the knee and ankle joints actually, they do not move through all that greater range of motion at all uh, during that ground contact period. If there is actually very little movement in these joints during that key moment of force production, then power cannot be the strength quality that we're concerned with here. Instead, we need to be looking at explosive strength, okay? And explosive strength is defined as the ability to exert maximal force in minimal time. 
Now you might be thinking, you know, this is just semantics. And I could totally see where you'd be coming from. As of course, you know, oftentimes an activity that involves a high level of power will also, it'll also involve a high level of explosive strength. And whilst that is true, it's important to appreciate that it's not always the case. Just because often they're seen together doesn't mean they're always seen together. You can express, it is possible to express one quality in the complete absence of the other quality. So you could have a high level of power production in the complete absence of uh, explosive strength or vice versa. And because of that, we need to utilize different and separate training methods in order to develop them both optimally. So let's actually get into some of the practical stuff now. Firstly, looking at power development. You know, we'll, we'll focus on power development today. We could look at maybe explosive strength on another occasion. Um, so when you're training for power, you generally need to select exercises that allow you to move through a large range of motion in order to enable you to build up to high movement velocities. You know, velocity is key with power. For the combination of force and velocity is key. You know, if we're moving through a large range of motion, that enables you to, to build up velocity and speed throughout that range of movement. And that's partly why exercises such as cleans and snatches and other derivatives of Olympic lifts are such popular choices when it comes to strength and power development for runners. But of course, you know, right now that's actually not much use to us. We need to be looking at bodyweight exercises that can be done without any equipment during lockdown. And guess what? As luck would have it, there's actually no need to compromise at all during our current situation when it comes to exercise selection for power development. This is because... It's been shown that when we perform squat jumps with maximal effort, by maximal effort I mean you're trying to get as much height off the ground on each repetition as you possibly can, but when you, when you perform squat jumps in this manner, power output is actually highest when you just use body weight alone. So if, if you start adding loads to the exercise, however you decide to do so, whether it's you know barbells or dumbbells or whatever, however you might decide to add load, so the squat jump exercise, power output has actually been shown to go down when you add that load. So that's a huge win right there actually. You can just perform simple body weight squat jumps uh, with maximal intent and effort and that's going to be a great tool for your power development. We talked about the fact that you want to be focusing on the hip for power development. So for, for that reason, I would not just leave it with uh, squat jumps. Uh, but another exercise I would recommend you look into alongside those squat jumps is the split squat jump exercise. So the split squat jump exercise involves dropping down into a deep lunge position and then from there you're going to jump out of that position and whilst you're in mid-air you'll switch your legs around so that you then land with your other foot forwards. And obviously you can keep that going in a dynamic manner for the desired number of repetitions. These, these split squats provide a number of benefits that we don't get from regular squat jumps. Firstly, um, the front leg gets loaded much more than the back leg does, so it means, um, means that the exercise becomes much more like a single leg exercise. 
and that means the inter and intramuscular coordination required for it is now actually much more similar to that involved in running. So that's, that's a positive with this exercise. But also with these split squat jumps, the movement pattern itself is arguably a little bit more similar to running. And then the third benefit I would say is that the deep lunge position in this exercise places a much bigger stretch on the glutes, which helps with their recruitment. And as a result, there is much more of an emphasis on the hip with this exercise. So if we are trying to focus on hip power as a result, uh, as opposed to just more general overall leg power, if we're trying to hone in and focus on the, the hips, then I think these split squat jumps are definitely a beneficial, beneficial addi addition to, to your power program in addition to regular squat jumps. So that's pretty much my basic recommendations in terms of power training at home. But I do need to add a little side note to it, and that is that these exercises are not going to be suitable for everyone, okay? So I'm going to give you one particular example here. So one of my uh, running clients that I'm actually coaching online using Zoom lives in a flat, and her flat is directly above where her landlord lives. So she can't really do any of these jumping exercises, you know, because if she did, her landlord would probably wonder what on earth was going on upstairs. So in her case, we simply stick to the, the strength building exercises and leave out the power exercises completely. And we leave out the explosive strength training exercises as well. So of course, with her, in her situation, we need to find other ways to get that transfer of training effects so, so that the strength training work she's doing does indeed have a positive impact on her running. And in her case, we discussed the fact that there was a local hill she could use uh, for hill sprints. And so those short and sharp hill sprints are what she is now doing for her power work instead of the jumping type training. For you, it could be the case that jump squats or split squat jumps aggravate a niggle in some kind of way. In which case, of course, you know, just leave those out and find an alternative solution. You know, um, it may be like a, in, in the case of my client. Uh, a practical solution that's stopping you from doing it, but it, it could be more of a physical solution to do with your body. You know, your body might not be suited to a certain exercise. So we work around those problems and we, we create solutions uh, based on the individual. I think that's an important thing to say and to mention, but besides that, that I guess that's really wrapping up what I wanted to cover for my first episode. So we, we've, we've mainly just covered the power side of things today, but... In upcoming episodes, we can have a look at explosive strength training as well as uh, basic strength exercises for runners. You know, we can go into the specific exercises that I use um, for, for runners. And not only that, but I plan to have some special guests on in future episodes as well. So that's definitely going to be something to look forward to. I've got, got certain people that I'm hoping to get lined up, which will which will be really good for the podcast. But anyway, if, if you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support future episodes of the podcast, I do have a coffee page where you can you can just buy me a coffee to support the podcast. So I'll, I'll leave a link to that in case that's something you want to do. And of course, I'll leave a link to the Foxwood Personal Training website as well as the various social media pages in case you want to check me out a little bit more or maybe even get in touch about online coaching sessions using Zoom. But anyway, I'll leave it there and 
really I just hope to see you guys again next week for another episode of Strength Training Runners. So that, that's it for this week. Hope you enjoyed it and see you next time.